Recall podcast. My name is Chris. This is episode number 118. Thanks for being here. Every week we try to bring you all the stories the news refuses to tell you about. And this week is probably going to be the primo example of that. Holy moly. I am about to blow your mind in a way that. When I first stumbled upon this, I thought, now it all makes sense. And it all started with one question. One simple question about a story that you've heard countless times this week. Countless times. We're going to blow your mind here in just a minute. First, let me tell you about this week's charity of choice because it pertains to that story. And you're going to think to yourself, how, how is that even remotely possible? But I promise it does. This week's charity of choice is St. Joseph's Indian School. They serve, teach, and the kids receive and learn. Uh, this is a charity that benefits Lakota Indian children uh, in South Dakota. Native American students in South Dakota hover around 60% for graduation rates. That's not a good thing. Um, one of the fundamental foundational aspects of success in life is is high school education um, be it an actual high school diploma or going far enough to get your GED but just dropping out and trying to move on with life uh, without finalizing your high school education um, is not ideal so uh, this charity will allow you to give money and help these kids get an education. Education is the key for Native American youth to break the cycle of unemployment and poverty. There's hope for the young people who are struggling with St. Joseph's School. Since 1927, St. Joseph's Indian School has been serving the educational and spiritual needs of Lakota children. You can learn more by going to facebook.com slash Shell. Just click on our link there, and you can give a gift to them and even learn how to say thank you in their language. uh, I didn't know much about these people, quite frankly, uh, but they have a very rich history. Um, They had dealings with Lewis and Clark. Um, Pretty pretty phenomenal thing to read up on. They're They're a subculture of the Sioux tribe. And Sioux, by the way, if you didn't know, it's kind of racist. (laughs) It's a racist... It's a a pejorative term the French gave the Lakota because they got it from an enemy tribe. See, the Chippewa uh, called them the Sioux, which means adder or snake, because they were enemies. French took up with it. Um, And basically, the French adapted the Chippewa term, the word uh, for snake, into Sioux. So anyway... The Chippewa gave it to the French. The French used a French word, I guess. And they're all a bunch of racists. Not me, though. Not me. Because tonight, today, this morning, whenever it is you're listening, I'm just going to tear apart two old white guys. Here's the story you've heard all week long from Breitbart.com, an exclusive from Peter Schweizer. 
Hunter Biden's flipped business partner provided 26,000 emails now. He's providing access to his Gmail account to two reporters. Schweizer appearing on Breitbart News Saturday this past weekend on Sirius XM 125, the Patriot Channel, said that former Hunter Biden business partner Bevan Cooney provided 26,000 emails to him, the first of which were published last week in the Breitbart News exclusive investigation. I'm sure you've heard this. Uh, This is where we're learning that Hunter was essentially, allegedly, selling access to his dad while his dad was vice president, and Hunter made out bigly. But I digress. Uh, None of this matters outside of the document dump and the question I had about the dump. See, you have to wonder, here's a guy. So the guy that does the document dump is Bevan Cooney, who in July of 2019 received a sentence of 30 months from a federal judge. So naturally, you think to yourself, interesting that Hunter's business partner would be in prison and Hunter's not, right? And then you think, well, maybe that's not fair. It's not entirely unheard of that a a business partner goes rogue, causes trouble, and the other business partner didn't know. Likely? Probably not. Possible? Yeah. Okay. So I started reading up. And (laughs) I don't know why Hunter Biden isn't in prison, except that I do know why Hunter Biden is not in prison, and that's because of who his father is. So Bevan Cooney is the guy that just gave up all these documents. And according to the U.S. Attorney's Office, from March 2014 through April 2016, Bevan Cooney, along with co-conspirators Jason Galanis, Gary Hurst, Jason's son John, a.k.a. Yanni, Hugh Dunkerley, Michelle Morton, and remember this name, Devin Archer. Devin Archer. All of these people engaged in a fraudulent scheme to misappropriate the proceeds of bonds issued by the Wakpomney, the Wakpomney, I even practiced before I started, the Wakpomney Lake Community Corporation, a Native American tribal entity. They used the funds in the accounts of clients of asset management firms controlled by Galanis and the co-defendants to purchase tribal bonds, which the clients were then unable to redeem or sell because they were illiquid bonds and lacked a ready secondary market. What in the world does all that mean? I'll tell you. Here we go. Here's essentially what happened. Bonds are something a company can issue if it needs to raise funds. And the way it works is that uh, you buy a bond as an investment in the company. The company pays you uh, a percentage rate every so often, whatever the agreement is. You draw that interest until a maturity date on your bond. And when your bond matures, the company, in this case, the tribe, owes you the the full value of the bond. What Bevan Cooney and company, including Devin Archer, what they did was they went in and convinced this Indian tribe, the Lakotas in South Dakota, that's the tribe that owns um, the Wakpomni Lake Community Corporation. By the way, one of the poorest, one of the poorest people in our country. These people. So they go in and they tell them, here's what we're going to do. You're going to sell bonds. 
and we're gonna we're gonna set this up so that people who want to invest in your community can buy your bonds. We'll handle everything. Don't worry about it. Now, just so you know, the tribe is now suing their attorneys who were involved in this because they believe the attorneys were as corrupt as these people who have now been convicted and sentenced by the federal government, some of them for 10 to 15 years each. And so they go in and they tell the tribe, we'll help you sell these bonds and we'll get investors on board with building your community. So the tribe agrees. These fraudsters buy out a couple of investment firms and they start handling legitimate money. And they don't tell their clients that they're going to buy up these bonds, but they, they buy, but they do it. It's outside of the agreement parameters of, of what the investment firms tell their clients they will and won't buy. And, but they do it anyway. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, documents governing the tribal bonds specified that an investment manager would invest the proceeds of the bonds in investments that would generate annuity payments sufficient to cover the interest on the tribal bonds and provide funds to the Wakpomney Lake Community Corporation, WLCC, to be used for tribal economic development purposes. In fact, none of the proceeds of the bonds were turned over to the investment manager specified in the closing documents. Instead, significant portions of the proceeds were misappropriated by Galanis and his co-defendants for their own personal use. The investors eventually find out, go, hey, why are we buying bonds in this thing that we never agreed to buy bonds in? Sell them. And that's where it all fell apart. They couldn't sell them. Couldn't sell them. There was no legitimate backing for the bonds. So the Securities Exchange Commission gets involved. And here we are. The business partner who flipped was Bevan Cooney. Bevan Cooney was business partners with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, the name I told you to remember. So two out of three of these business partners have been indicted in federal court for defrauding a Native American tribe of tens of millions of dollars. If you think I'm having to stretch to tell you that Hunter Biden was involved in defrauding the Indian tribes, don't listen to me. Let's listen to what IndianZ.com has to say about it. IndianZ.com, by the way, is Native American news, information, and entertainment owned by Ho-Chunk, Inc., the economic development arm of the Winnebago tribe. Here's what they say about it on their website. Hunter Biden's name used to legitimize sale of fraudulent tribal bonds. The Wakpomney Lake Community Corporation bond scheme that defrauded unwitting investors of more than $60 million attracted the attention of the Wall Street Journal because of a high-profile name connected to it, Hunter Biden. The bond offerings promised millions in relief to one of the most impoverished areas in the nation with little or no economic development opportunities. However, the old adage, if it seems too good to be true, then it probably is, turned out to be true. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, in May 2016, seven people connected to the case were indicted, arrested, 
All of the defendants have been tried and sentenced for varying degrees of securities fraud and conspiracy to commit securities fraud. However, during Devin Archer's trial in June of 2018, an old Yale classmate of Archer's was repeatedly implicated in the scheme. According to court transcripts, Archer was a longtime business partner of Hunter Biden, and the pair were connected to an opaque investment company called Rosemont Seneca Bohai LLC, which, on information and belief, was affiliated with Rosemont Seneca Partners LLP, an investment company run by Archer's friend and former college roommate Hunter Biden. Rosemont was started by Archer, Hunter Biden, and Christopher Hines. According to, par- uh, according to prosecutors at Archer's trial, Archer and Biden were also connected to the Burnham Financial Group, where business partner Devin Archer sat on the board of directors. Biden was listed as the vice president. <laughs> Although Burnham was not named in the court proceedings, they were the alleged placement agent for the tribal bond offerings. Burnham shut down shortly after a complaint was filed with the Securities Exchange Commission and is no longer licensed. So in case I've lost you, it would appear, and even the tribe says, this is what we believe probably happened. Hunter Biden was helping run a financial company that was supposed to be the placement agent for the bonds, but the bonds never went there. They were never the actual thing. His friend and business partner defrauded the tribe of tens of millions of dollars, multiple people, one of whom was Devin Archer. Now, the name Devin Archer might not mean anything to you. It might not be important to you, except it should be because Devin Archer has two very coincidentally famous things you already know of. One... He was on the board for Burisma with Hunter Biden. Burisma, which you will remember, infamously being investigated by a Ukrainian prosecutor who Joe Biden said unless that man was fired for investigating Burisma, the United States would withhold $1 billion in financial aid to the Ukraine. Devin Archer was on the Burisma board with Hunter Biden. Devin Archer is the man in the photo with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on the golf course. There's four men in the photo. You've seen it before. And it proves that Joe Biden was lying when he said he's never discussed his son's foreign business dealings with him. This is an April 2014 photo, the golf course photo. And it's in the same time frame because, remember, the bond scheme was happening from March 2014 through April 2016. March, April, May, June, July, August. The golf course photo is in August 2014. The Indian Tribe bond scheme is happening as Archer and Biden are sitting on the board of Burisma together while golfing with the Vice President of the United States at the time. 
So the question is why is Hunter Biden not in jail right now? Joe Biden, pay to play. It all starts to make sense. I think, by the way, personally, that the son of the vice president of the United States, being even just one degree separated as he is, from a scheme that frauded tens of millions of dollars from Native Americans, if this were a Bush child, the allegations of racism being as rampant as they are against the, the right in this day and age, can you imagine the field day the, the media could have with this to know that there was any sort of connection from a Trump kid or a Bush kid to a scheme that defrauded tens of millions of dollars from Native American pension funds. How this is not everywhere is beyond me. And it just took asking the question of, why is Hunter Biden's former business partner in prison to begin with? But he is. And his name is Bevan Cooney. And you can read it all. It's all available online. Not too hard. Bevan Cooney in jail, telling all. Archer is the business partner in the golf photo who was also helping Cooney swindle the natives. They're smart enough to leave Hunter out of it. They have to be that smart. You're probably going to have a really tough time directly implicating him in this. But if not for now, Bevan Cooney is talking. And Giuliani says he's got something that's coming out 10 days before the election. I'll bet my bottom dollar it's connected to this. They're going to draw the conclusion. They're going to show empirical proof that Biden's son not only got access for foreign leaders to his dad, which is illegal. I mean, that is corruption through and through. Just, just the idea of being able to access the vice president, any elected official, through a sum of money is immoral in my opinion. I even, by the way, I even believe that when they say you can buy a plate of food for an amount, that's immoral. Maybe not illegal, definitely immoral. I get they got a campaign, they got a fundraise. This whole idea of you can pay to get access to me, I do not like it. Never have, never will. This will be, I think, the next bombshell. I can't believe it's not getting more more airtime overall. But there it is. So, it looks like, from everything we just discussed, Hunter Biden was involved in a fraud scheme with a Native American tribe and took tens of millions of dollars from them. But his business partners fell on that sword. I would bet he's holding all the money. So when these folks get out, he can help pay them back. I mean... 50 grand a month from Burisma. Who knows what else from China for access to dad? Come on, man. Come on. We're not stupid. All right. Uh, at facebook.com slash felt recall show, I will link you to everything I just talked about. You go back and read it for yourself. Put the pieces together. Decide for yourself. Facebook.com.
com slash felt recoil show. It's it's one of those you know you want to say unbelievable because that's what people say, but it's just not. It's expected. It's expected. All right, uh, this is good news for the gun world. From the DailyWire.com, DailyWire.com, a study shows the new gun ownership is soaring in the bluest state in the United States. And by the way, this story is about to prove such a great point. Such a great point. It's everything we would ever say this story is about to prove. Nearly half, according to the Daily Wire, of the more than 100,000 Californians who have bought a gun since mid-March, think about that, by the way, six months, seven months, 100,000 people, Strong numbers, California. Uh, Nearly half of them are first-time gun owners. And they're telling the University of California in its study that was just released, 47,000 of the 110,000 people who purchased a firearm since the widespread state lockdowns began are first-time buyers. The study's authors analyzed data from the California Safety and Well-Being Survey, an Internet survey of 2,870 adults in California and weighted the data to be representative of the state's population. The researchers found, here's where you're going to love it, the most common reason given for firearm acquisition in response to the pandemic was worry about lawlessness, prisoner release, the government going too far, government collapse, and gun store closings. Which of any of these things, of any of them, lawlessness, Prisoner releases, government going too far, government collapse, gun store closings. Of any of those, which of them is not a result directly of government incompetence? Think think of those for a second. Tell me which one you could say, well, that's not the government's fault. You are exactly correct. None of them. They are all 100% the government's fault. Gun stores aren't going to close. Business is booming right now. Even with low inventory because of high demand, business is booming for gun companies. Government going too far. Government releasing prisoners to save space to prevent the spread of COVID. We literally have stories of rapists coming out of prison, raping again, murdering again, all of these things. Government is ineffective at everything. The government's never fixed anything. It is corrupt. It is inefficient. It is absolutely just a useless leviathan at this point. I actually told my son tonight, we went to a park to ride bikes for a while, and he said to me, isn't it great? We don't have to pay for this park. And I said, well, in a way we pay for the park. I mean, in a way we do. But yeah, you're right. It's, It's great we don't have to pay. Just go to the park. You're right. But it's great. And uh, he said, well, did we pay for it? I said, yes, we did. And so I explained. It's in the county. County takes our money. We elect people and tell them what we want done with our money, and we hope they listen. But then, me being me, I said, but more importantly, son, so you know, the people that started this country, the very one of the very first things they wrote down was the fact that if a government begins acting against the rights of the people as given to them by God, by the way. And I make this point to him. He's not too young to understand this. Rights given to us by God at birth. 
When the government works against those rights, we have a right. We must alter, change it, or abolish it, do away with it altogether, and set up something new. And even though Bernie's brown shirts are in the streets right now, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and they're doing his work for him, we can still hold out hope that the good people will step up, do what needs to be done, and maybe, just maybe, uh, we can save a little bit of the republic. Maybe. It's going to get dicey here very, very soon. We're seeing the ballots. We're seeing the ballots show up, uh, thrown away, destroyed. It's going to be a mess. Nobody's going to trust this election. That is an obvious statement. It's not even like a prediction of any sort. That's just what we all know. Nobody will trust this election. It's going to get dicey. The data in California, by the way, follows a similar trend being played out across the United States. The onset of COVID partnered with widespread social unrest and violence has pushed thousands of people who have never before owned a gun to push through sometimes extensive government red tape in order to purchase one. Surging gun ownership brought on by the pandemic and mass protests may have political ramifications for decades as thousands more Americans begin to exercise their Second Amendment rights. That is from DailyWire.com. DailyWire.com. By the way, National Shooting Sports Foundation will tell you that gun sellers are saying about 40% of new firearm purchases are going to new gun owners uh, this year, at least in the first like quarter of the year. And I think that's very, very important for us to remember because uh, if you're in the gun community at all, if you enjoy the shooting sports, if you like shooting guns, let me just encourage you to be kind to everyone you meet. Talk down. I know it's hard. I know that there is absolutely, there's a contingency, I guess you could say, like this uh, old rank and file who believe that if you didn't, carry an M16 in Vietnam, you have no legitimate reason to give gun advice. There are people who are somewhat like that. Not a lot of them, but they're out there, and you run into them, and it's unhealthy for everybody involved because you can't say that people have a right to keep and bear arms and then belittle and degrade people when they try to exercise that right. You have to encourage it and not be a dick about things so that those people feel more comfortable growing and learning and spreading the gospel of guns, if you will. The hyper-macho masculinity needs to die quick within the the gun enthusiast community. And it's pervasive. I don't know that it's the uh, majority, but it is pervasive. It's, It's loud. So I would encourage you to remember as you go out there, a lot of people are new. You sell a lot of guns to a lot of people who have never held a gun before. And so encourage them to buy. Don't step on them because they pick something you wouldn't have picked. Encourage them to buy. Encourage them to practice. Remind them it's all about its application. Everything for its intended purpose. That's what it's all about. So be nice to these people. Be nice to these people. Okay, I've yammered on long enough. It is time. Oh, that's the wrong button. Patrick's not here. I don't know what I'm doing. 
Let's try it this way. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. My main man in there. Uh, one voter. Everybody knows the rules. <laughs> this week's voter is anyone who thinks if there is a third presidential debate, looking questionable as I record and, and read these articles right now because now the commission on presidential debates, I don't know how you get on that, but I, I kind of want on it. Sounds like fun. You get to make up rules for the debates. I would say start with boxing gloves. Now nah, start without the gloves. And then our compromise will be the gloves. Um, that's who I want my leader to be. Anyway, anybody who thinks these debates are going to be impartial is this week's vota. Uh, NBC News reporter Kristen Welker is scheduled to moderate the next debate. Oh, yeah. They're now saying they're going to include a rule where they can turn off the mics. They'll mute the mics. Do you remember the, do you remember the Reagan clip where the guy's not letting him talk and he tells the sound guy to turn his mic off? Go to facebook.com slash felt recall show. Watch what Reagan does to this dude. <laughs> the room goes crazy. It's pretty good stuff. The sitting president of the United States of America has agreed to walk into the room and have a debate with a political rival who wants his job, who says, I can do it better. Despite the fact I've been in politics for 47 years, I was the second most powerful man in America for eight of those years, and I really didn't do a lot and do a lot. That guy, they now want to turn the president's mic off. A, total disrespect move. Uh, B, when you can't win the argument, what do you do, right? You shut him up. Shut him up in any way you can when you can't win the argument. So imagine that. I mean, here's a next-level fact-checking ability, right? Ah, whoa, 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 we know that's not true. Turn his mic off. You know that's where this is headed. Kristen Welker is set to moderate the next debate, the dumpster fire it will be. Uh, but she has strong ties to democratic activism, and she was actually caught on camera feeding questions to one of Hillary Clinton's press people way back in the day, telling her that she'll be asking a question about Flynn and other things. Welker comes from an established democratic family who has poured cash into party coffers and to Trump opponents for years, the New York Post reported. Her mother, Julie Welker, is a prominent real estate broker in Philadelphia. Her father, Harvey, a consulting engineer. They've donated tens of thousands of dollars to Democratic candidates, close to twenty grand to Barack Obama alone. There's also $3,300 for Joe Biden's 2020 campaign, $2,100 for Hillary Clinton's doomed 2016 effort against Trump, and another more than seven grand contributed to the Democratic National Committee between 2004 and 2020. Um... So this this seemingly nice young lady uh, has been caught on tape. It's a really interesting, by the way, if you haven't seen the clip, it's very, very interesting where what happens is they're live on air. The guy at the desk is trying to throw it to her in the field so she can talk to Clinton's staff member. <clears throat> she thinks she has a, a couple of seconds because there's a massive delay. If you watch the clip, it must be about a 10-second delay. And so... She doesn't feel like it's about to be thrown to her, but it's already been thrown to her, and she's literally telling this lady, okay, so I'm going to ask you this, 
And I'm going to ask you this. And so the lady's getting all prepared, which I think, I mean, on a professional level, it's kind of a courtesy if you're about to go live on TV to tell someone what you're about to ask them. I have a huge issue with that. But one must wonder in the day and age of they provide, I mean, this is Donna Brazil's America these days, right? Like they, they will absolutely give their preferred candidate every question they would ask in a debate, hoping she can win the debate and withhold that from the opponent who they don't like. In that case, it was Trump when Brazil was feeding Hillary Clinton's campaign questions. Brazil, by the way, now employed by Fox News. Seriously. Uh, and so you got Welker. I think it was more of a professional courtesy thing. It's really awkward video, but there she is prepping Hillary's staff. I kind of feel like it's a nothing burger, uh, but her family's big time Democrat, uh, Democratic operatives, and uh, we, we know she will be about as impartial as the others have been so far. Okay, don't forget our charity of choice. We got to, I mean, we got to do for these people what Hunter Biden's friends said they would do. We can help them. St. Joseph's Indian School. We serve and teach. We receive and learn. Uh, just click the link. Felt, uh, Facebook.com slash Felt Recall Show. Facebook.com slash Felt Recall Show. We'll get the whole gang back together next week. We'll do this again. See you next time.